Hey, everybody. Yeah, I love this week. This is my, probably one of my favorite weeks of the year. You know, we're easing into it. It's an awesome season, Thanksgiving, and it's all about feasts and family and fun and fellowship and football. Uh, and it's just a great, it's a great week, really. So enjoy it and, and get seeped in it. We're going to talk some about just what that all can look like, should look like. And, and actually today we're going to talk, kind of talk about the world and what's going on around the world and how can we be a part of it. How can, how can we get on a go trip, perhaps? You've seen those or heard about those uh, when we just get groups of folks to go and, and love on and be with our missionaries. So I do have a bone to pick with you, though. I know Caleb asked if, you know, you got your Christmas tree up or not. Um, uh, uh, raise your hand if you have your tree up already. There's a lot of people out there with your tree up already. So uh, just a little, uh, a little uh, fun at your expense. Look at the screen here. So <laughs> you take that for what it's worth. So I don't know if you need to go home. Don't take your tree down, but maybe cover it up with a blanket or something until Friday. And then get that thing set up. So, hey, my name's Tom. I'm one of the pastors here. I get to work with our international ministries and, and mission that's out there. Uh, hello to all the campuses, Edgewood, uh, Bell, uh, uh, Aberdeen, Abingdon, online, Mountain Road. It's just good to be here and uh, share this, this kind of this part of that awesome little chunk of Scripture. So, and actually, I, I want to see how well you guys do with this. Before we put it up on the screen, if I go like this, what do you say? Like, you know, I'll use your outside voices, please. What do you say? If I do this, what do you say? If I do this, what do you say? What if I do this? This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Y'all don't got very good unison, um, but I'm hearing it out there. And then it's in 1 Thessalonians 16 through 18. Awesome. So let's put it up on the screen. If you would, I know you were just standing up perhaps, but stand up again with me. Uh, and I think this is important. I know we did this last week and often when we read God's word. It's a, it's a sign of kind of respect and honoring the words God's given to us so that we can get to know him. Let's say this together. With, use your signs if you can. Be joyful always. Pray all the time. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Good job. Have a seat, everybody. Uh, Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against thee. So, if you want to sin less, memorize more. The, the, the word is in you, and the Spirit will bring that to mind when you're in a situation or personally or when you're with other people that God's word can really... Um, Make a difference in the circumstances and the situations that you find yourself. How many of you would say you have a, you have a small Christmas tree? Raise your hand if you're like a 12-inch like a, a to 4-foot tree person. Raise your hand. You like the smaller tree, small. Okay, a few of you. How many of you are the medium size, 4-foot to 6-foot? Raise your hand. Okay, a bunch of you. How many are the large one, like 6 feet and up? Man, we're going big. Most of you are that way. That wouldn't fit in my house, so I can't do that. I'm, a, I'm the medium guy. Um, it, it kind of reminds me, in fact, um, one time I was uh, at a restaurant and for breakfast, and the server came out and took our order, and then the server said, would you like a drink with that? And I said, certainly, I'll have an orange juice. And the server said, well, what size would you like? And I said, I'll have a small. And the server said, we don't have small. And I, I chuckled just like you did. And I said, well, what sizes do you have? And the server said, we have medium and large. So as you would, I'm sure, you'd think, wait a second, 
How can you have a medium if you don't have a small and a large, like to gauge the medium? You know what I'm saying? That makes sense, right? Small, medium, and large. And they're going to, you know, gradually get larger. So uh, I, looked at, I asked the server that, and the server simply said, what size do you want? <laughs> Wasn't having it, didn't care. I said, I'll have the medium. Uh, and it was, good, it was good orange juice. But I, I love this. It's just, they kind of go together, don't they? Small, medium, and large. Your clothing, you know, uh, you go to McDonald's, you know, you can even get supersized if you want, the big old thing if you'd like to. But it's kind of like, uh, you know, sun, moon, and stars, or uh, Larry, Curly, and Moe kind of thing. Or better yet, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love, exactly. So prayerful and uh, joyful and prayerful and thankful, they just go together. So last week, Ben got us started with, with be joyful always. And I love how he said that pain is inevitable, but misery is a choice. It's optional. You can choose to live in misery or not. Now, we're going to have pain as, in, as we age. It's just a normal, natural part of life. But it does not need to rob us of our joy and, in fact, shouldn't. These are imperatives that we need to live by. I'm commanded to be joyful, prayerful, and thankful. The joy of the Lord is my strength, we see in Scripture. So if we don't have that joy, then where is the strength for us? Charles Spurgeon said, a 19th century English preacher, he said, when joy and prayer are married, their firstborn is gratitude or thankfulness. I love that. So I think, I think Paul had in mind, he had kind of a sequence there. So, man, when, we're, when we are joy-filled, regardless of our circumstances, that's going to almost, it's going to drive us to our knees, but it's going to remind us of that we need to do what? All the time. So I'm going to be doing this a variety of times. And when I do this, I need you to help me out here. Try it again. Exactly. That's what we're going to look at. And the prayer that will help us, help us bring healing here to us you and to me, healing to our community, and then healing to the broader world. So here, there, and everywhere. Those three things just kind of go together, like small, medium, and large. When joy and prayer are married, their firstborn is gratitude. So are you grateful? Are you thankful? So this is a great week to express that and to experience that. So when we are joy-filled and we kind of have the wind in our sails and the stride in our step and we know who we are, we know whose we are because we belong to Christ, we know where we're going because He's in us and through us, we can be filled with that kind of joy. And then that, frankly, would and should spur us on to be prayer-filled. So first we're joy-filled and then we're prayer-filled as we encounter people, places, and things around us throughout the day knowing that God is with us. God's with me. God's with you. He's, he's together in the, in the body of Christ. He is with us. Which then will bring on an attitude of gratitude that God provides all things. I hope that's your prayer this, uh, this week around your table. Towards the end, I'm going to give a few things that you might consider doing uh, throughout this week as we... Some things that you could perhaps do at your table that would... would be reminiscent of the fact that we are praying all the time because we want God's presence to be made known in and through us. So when we have that attitude of gratitude then, and we show and we have and we live more joyful and prayerful lives and so on and so on and so on. You see how that, kind of, how that cycle kind of works? I'm filled with joy. That's going to cause me to want to pray all the time, which is going to remind me I need to be thankful for everything he's given to me. And I'm so thankful that I have, I'm full of joy. And then I pray, and then I'm thankful and so on, and so on, and so on. We can't forget also, by the way, who gives us the stamina or the ability 
or the consciousness to do this, which is in verse 19. So we've memorized 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, 18. Verse 19 says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. In a translation that I, I like, the Passion Translation, he says, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. So who will, who will engage us? Who will empower us? Who will give us that consciousness to live joyfully, prayerfully, and thankfully is the Holy Spirit who abides within us. The creator and sustainer of the universe, y'all, is right here in us. If you've said yes to Jesus, he's taken up residence right here. So even though you're not Jesus... You are Jesus. Think about that for a second. I, and you don't have to say it out loud, but just say it in your brain. I'm not Jesus, but I am Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit, His Spirit abides within us. So that we can then therefore be joyful, prayerful, and thankful. And that cycle can continue. And that will change you and me. That will change our communities. And that will change the world. So today we want to talk about the Go Trips. That's part of the, the ministry that I've been called to do here at Mountain is to help us Get out around this world and be Jesus to people out there alongside of our missionaries that we support. You know, I did a lot of, uh, I lived in Brazil, my family and I, for 11 years, and we learned to speak. What do we speak in Brazil? What language? Portuguese. A lot of people think Spanish. Did a lot of translating, and it's exhausting. You know, Portuguese, English, English, Portuguese. One time we were uh, doing a, a church planting seminar. We had some folks come from the United States with our Brazilian friends, and the Brazilians were sharing, and the, the Americans were sharing, and I was translating. I'm kind of in the middle doing this. And one of the times, our Brazilian friends were talking about a candidate that we had that would be a great church planter for a new area that we wanted to open up as part of the ministry there. So the, the, the Brazilians said, uh, you know, we got this candidate, and he's a great preacher. He's a, he's a really soul-filled prayer. It just feels like, you know, we're right in the lap of Christ when we pray. and A great servant. However, at home, there's, there's, it's difficult. He's, he's gone a lot, kind of thinking, well, I'm, you know, I'm the pastor, so I need to be out there. Uh, then, therefore, there's the relationship with his wife was struggling, relationship with his kids was struggling. So they, they, they explained to me the nature of this guy and what needs to happen, that we need to, we need to curtail this soon if we want to in, put him in as the pastor of the new church plant. So they talked for a couple minutes, and then I, I turned to the Americans, and I said this. I said, man, we got a great candidate for this new church plant, and he's a great preacher. He's a real soul-filled pray, a prayer warrior. You can really sense that. He's a great servant. But he he's, he's, he's takes this thing about pastoring, and he just, he's gone a lot. He has a difficult relationship with his wife and his kids, and we need to nip it in the bud before we install him as the pastor of this church plant. So I turned back to the Brazilians, and they all looked at me like, like did you tell them everything, you know, because we took two minutes to say this, and you just did it in 20 seconds. And I looked at the Americans, and they're like, did you really tell us what, you know, everything that they said? Because it was this incongruency of, of time, you know, speaking. So then it dawned on me, and I said, um, there's, a, there's a phrase in linguistics called the dynamic equivalent. And that's a way of expressing words, not in a wooden translation, but in a way that the, the hearer can feel it. So I looked at both of them and I said it in Portuguese. Não foi que ele disse, mas de verdade foi que ele disse. I said to the Americans, well, it's not what they said, but it's exactly what they said. It, was what they, it wasn't the exact words, wouldn't, you know, translation word for word, but it was the essence of it. Because I wanted the American English speakers to be able to feel the nature of, you know that phrase, right? Nip it in the bud. 
You all, you're with me? That idiomatic expression that we have. And immediately, I thought to myself, wait a minute. When I, when I said that's not what they said, but it's what they said, I, I thought to myself, you know, I'm not Jesus, but I am Jesus. Then I thought, I am the idiomatic expression to the world that God's going to communicate His love and joy and thankfulness through me to the world in which I live. And we all have personalities, and we all have people that we're around, and you all have, everyone in here has access to all kinds of hundreds and thousands of people. And you are not Jesus, but you are Jesus. You are the idiomatic expression of Jesus to the people around you. So live that way. Be that way. You're not Jesus, but you are Jesus. And we saw in, in verse 19, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't put out that fire that the Spirit wants to bring through you. Problem is, is often we're not the idiomatic expression, but we're the idiotic expression. And I'm laughing at myself and pointing a finger right here too. So while you're not Jesus, be Jesus. Be Jesus this week and uh, it'll, make, it'll make the difference because that's how he's created us. So this is kind of go trip time. It's the fall of the year. I often think of harvest. You know, everywhere we go, there's there, you know, the sheaths and pumpkins and all this cool stuff. I love the time of year uh, with all the cool stuff that goes on. Um, and Jesus himself said, you know, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send out harvesters to, his, to, the, to the fields because it's ripe, it's ready to be harvested. And that's, we do that in a host of ways. You're going to do that today and tomorrow and this week. So, so it's the both and thing. You are on mission now where you are when you said yes to Jesus. But then what about going to be on mission with Jesus in another country to come alongside of our mission partners that are there to tell you a story about them towards the end from one of our recent trips? So we're, we're part of it. We're on that team. We're on mission together with each other and with Jesus at his calling. So when we, when we do this, what is? When we pray all the time, it's, what it's going to do? It's going to change you and me. It's going to change the community around us. And it's going to change the world because that's what happens when we pray all the time. I got a thank you note. I want to kind of uh, tell you something that happened here at, after one of our trips. Some weeks after, someone sent me a thank you note about that went on a go trip. And uh, signed up and said, I, wanna, I think I want to go do this. So we have a process and we discern together, you know, right time, right fit, all those kinds of things that are super important. But this was the thank you note that I got afterwards. It says, um, written to me, I just opened it up the other day. God was in all of this trip from beginning to middle to end. There you go. Beginning, middle, and end. Small, medium, and large. Joyful, prayerful, thankful. God was in all of this. When we said, nah, now's not the time. You said, well, when is the time? When we questioned finances and missing work while we were there and any other excuse known to man, you said, trust, be faithful, and let's go. Thank you isn't enough for your faithful guidance and friendship. So that's my prayer for us is on the, on the, for the other side of a go trip is should everybody go? Why not? Consider that. Uh, in a bit here, I'm going to show you our website. You can go and get all that information. And what about the harvest that's out there and how you and I can participate in it? So let's look at these three things. If, to, to, to pray all the time is a way for us to look at ourselves, look at our communities, and look of those around the world. So first, if we pray all the time, it'll change me, it'll change you as a reminder that God is with us. Let's pray right now. Father, thank you that you are always with us and will never leave us. In Jesus' name, amen. I've, I've invited some voices of people that I've been reading over the years, practitioners of, of pray all the time, 
and why it can and will change us into the people that God wants us to be, to have the kind of relationship that he wants to have with us. So first of all, Richard Foster, theologian, wrote Celebration of Discipline. He says, prayer is nothing more than an ongoing and growing love relationship with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So as I put these up here, I'm going to kind of give the juxtaposition, like the, well, why pray? Because it's a growing love relationship, and then so, so that's why we do it. That's the because. But what if we don't? So in relationship to this, if we don't pray, we will have a weak relationship with God because prayer builds that relationship. So you figure that out in your own brain is, is in, in the nature of why we would pray all the time. Teresa of Avila, she's a 16th century Carmelite nun. And she says, for prayer is nothing else than being on terms of friendship with God. If we don't pray, how will our friendship with God grow? Prayer grows friendship. Think of your own friends. You know, you don't just, I mean, you probably text each other, but you don't just do that. You go to the movie. You go over to the park. You, you have coffee. You, you participate with each other. Same thing with God. Um, that's what pray, pray all the time does. Henry Nouwen, um, a Dutch theologian. There's a few from him because this, this was a man of prayer. So first he says, prayer uncovers the hidden motives and unacknowledged wounds that shape our relationships and allows us to see ourselves and others as God sees us. So, if we don't pray, the wounds may well remain and we'll only see ourselves as the world sees us. Prayer will and can and must bring about healing and value. Prayer is radical because it uncovers the deepest roots of our identity in God. So if we don't pray, we're going to miss out on a deep and robust relationship with God and lose our identity. Prayer leads us to our identity, to know who you are, to know whose you are, and to know where we are going. He also says, prayer, in prayer we seek God's voice and allow God's word to penetrate our fear and resistance so that we can begin to hear what God wants us to know. Sometimes it's just sitting in silence. If you don't have that practice, just, just turn everything off and just sit in silence. Um, so therefore, you know, if we don't do this, We'll continue to live in fear. We'll miss out on hearing God's voice of peace and comfort because prayer connects us to the Prince of Peace. Uh, Henry Nouwen also says, prayer is the act by which we divest ourselves of all false belongings and become free to belong to God and to God alone. So if we don't pray, we, might, we may well remain in bondage to this world and fall prey to all of its attractions. Prayer focuses our attention on God where it needs to be. Oswald Chambers, British theologian, my utmost for his highest. Some of you may use that, but encourage you to do so. October 17th uh, of that devotional, first words right out the gate. Prayer does not equip us for the greater works. Prayer is the greater work. Probably my favorite quote on prayer. A reminder for me, the caliber, the nature, the importance of, of, of what? Pray all the time. Because if I don't, I'm going to miss out on the greater works. I want to be a part of that. I want to say, here I am, God, use me, put me in. I want, to be, I want to participate in the mission that is yours all over this world. And I don't want to miss out on those greater works. So pray all the time, and we are a part of what is the greater work. Greg Pruitt, director of Pioneer Bible Translators, they translate Bibles all over the world into the vernacular of folks, using the dynamic equivalent to say this is who Jesus is, right from the Word. Prayer is a way for us to come to know God by praying and watching how God responds we discover the passion of God's heart 
and the power of his response. Prayers that God's kingdom would fill the earth attract the full zeal of heaven. So, if we don't pray, we won't know God or his desire for the world. Prayer opens our eyes to God's desire for all men and women, young and old, to know him, to follow him. Tyler Statton, author of Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools, kind of a different little twist here. This is the last one we're going to look at. How do we make covenant love, the, the relationship that God has with us, the constant backdrop before which the scenes of our lives play out? How are we going to live then in the midst of that? Well, it's love. And praying is love. And learning to pray means learning to love. If I don't pray, then how can I love? Because God is love. And by praying, we get to know that love. We get to wallow in that love. We get to experience that love. We get to comprehend that love. We get to share that love to to our communities and to the world. So God did everything for us. He did everything for us so that we could do everything with Him. He does for us so that we can do with Him. He doesn't need us to do things for Him. He's the creator and sustainer of the universe. What can Tom do for God as if to say, look what I've done for you? No, he wants us with him, sons and daughters, have that relationship. We're coming into the season, God with us, Emmanuel, right? It literally means God with us. Uh, Bob Goff, some of you remember, he was on stage here, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, uh, great speaker, the book Love Does, and then others subsequent to that, tells a story of a friend of his, Don Valencia, who was stage four cancer and was like just literally, as, as Bob says, he was dancing on the edge of heaven already. Uh, and Bob invited him and his family up to their place in, uh, I think it's in British Columbia, up in Canada there. And, and it turned out to be one of the last things they did together before Don passed away. But one of the traditions that Bob has at his place was, you, when you come in there, you're, you're beholden to take a Sharpie and slide the chairs back from the table and crawl under the table and write a word or a phrase or a verse or a song or whatever you want to do. And Bob says in the book, I had hundreds of people and you know, generals and musicians and all kinds of people crawl under there, and it was just, you know, full of stuff. Don Valencia, with one, one foot literally in heaven already, crawls under there, and he, he, he really quickly, he wrote something, and Bob's kind of like, what's, like, what did he do, I wonder? So Don comes out, Bob gets under there, he looks up, and one word was the word with. One word, with. Emmanuel, God with us. So Bob goes on in his book to say, that's the Bible in one word, with. If you want some, someone asks you, hey, what's the Bible all about? I say, it's with. That's the word. Now, I go, I'll submit to you because when we do this, which is what? Pray all the time. If you don't know what to pray, just that's also the, the, that prayer in one word. You just utter the word with. That's the sum total of the relationship that we have with God. And that's what you can pray when you don't know what to pray. That's what you should pray dozens of times every day with. God is with us. So, as we pray all the time, we get to know God, we get to know His character, we get to know His nature and His will for the world. Praying all the time is God's way of changing us. It'll change you and I. Secondly, to pray all the time will change your community. It'll change those around you. We must persist in prayer and not give up. Keep praying. When you think you've prayed enough, just pray some more. Uh, you can, you, you, you've never prayed enough, frankly, because when we pray all the time, is just is another thing, is another, a word to say with. In fact, the word even tells us when you, when you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit who's in you will intercede for you, and he'll express the pain or the suffering or the joy or whatever's going on in you. 
So you just say with, and you know the Holy Spirit's with you, and that's being, that's being expressed to the Father, the deepest things in your heart. So let's pray right now. Father, thank you that you are always with us and will never leave us. The parable of the persistent widow in Luke 18, Jesus tells his disciples this. He says, uh, a, when Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Should always pray and not give up. Don't grow weary in, in prayer. Pray all the time. He said in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? They are praying all the time, crying out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith on the earth? So that's a good question for you to ask. Will he find faith on the earth or not? Will, will, will he look at you and say thank you for your faithfulness to, to, to his will and desire to seek justice, right standing and salvation for everyone? You know, the wicked judge was not interested in the human condition or the community around him. He was only interested in himself. God, on the other hand, loves both the individual and the community, and he wants justice for both. That's God's will. That's God's desire. And that's what I pray all the time after and for. We have to assume that an injustice was perpetrated against the widow for which she was seeking justice. And in fact, her community had been fractured, and she was persisting to ask the judge for correction and healing to bring wholeness back to those around her in her community, amongst her peeps, her friends, so there could be restoration there. When God mets out his justice, the community will thrive with God and with each other. In God's justice, he seeks that right standing and salvation for everybody that walks the face of this earth. That's, what we, that's, that's why we go. That's why we participate in God's mission. You're never not on mission, y'all. When you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to that mission. It's his mission, and he invites us to be a part of it. And that mission continues. Now, when you walk out the door, when you head home this week, you are on mission with Jesus. You're never, some really bad English, so if you're an English teacher, plug your ears. We are never not on mission with Jesus. Emphasis on the double negative to say, in other words, we are always on that mission. And we, we get to do that day in and day out. And sometimes we get to go on a go trip to Baltimore City, to Kenya, to Brazil. Uh, we're going to come to that here in just a second. Those kinds of places that God is sending us to participate in his mission. Jesus prayed all the time too. His, probably the greatest example of his praying was in the Garden of Gethsemane when he sweat blood Drops of blood because he was in such anguish about the, the fight between my will, God's will, my will. And he, he, obviously he reasoned in the end what we do uh, need to reason as well. Not my will, but your will be done. Bring that justice. Bring that wholeness. Bring that healing. My prayer is in keeping with the will of God. 17 times in the Gospels, it talks about Jesus going away to pray. Mark 1.35 says very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up 
left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He wanted to be with his father. He, he, his life was pray all the time, a connectedness, a constant sense of knowing that God is with him. You know, I, I travel a lot in my role, in my calling here, and my wife is always with me. She's always with me. And sometimes we're together. But she's always with me, and she's, she, you know what I'm saying, right? She's here. She's, I'm, I don't go to Kenya and think, hmm, I wonder if I'm married. She's with me. She's with me. I wear the ring, and, and I'm reminded of the covenant that we made 32 years ago. She's with me, and sometimes we're together. In God's case, though, he's never not with us. So you pray that prayer. It's the Bible in a word, and it's a prayer in a word, with, because God loves us. Imagine with me real quickly, if, if, if all the world, all the creation was a, a chessboard, and, and God's the grandmaster. And you and I, are, uh, you said yes to Jesus, God picked you up. We're, we're pawns on the board, but not in the, not in the kind of the modern sense of, oh, he was just a pawn in this thing. No, a pawn of, of infinite value as a son and a daughter of God, princes and princesses. And he puts us on that board, and behind us is the heavenly host, all the pieces, and the king is there, Jesus, and it's the chessboard, and God, God will move. And we say, you know, God, do what you want with me. Accomplish your will through me, and I will be joyful and prayerful and thankful as a result. So God will move me around on that chessboard and you as well. And all of us as the body of Christ. So when we pray, God will move the pieces, maybe from space to space. But when we pray, when we do this, what is it? When we pray all the time, I submit that God's going to move the chessboard. The whole thing out from under us. And you're going to have a whole new perspective. And a whole, you look around and think, wait a minute, that, this is kind of different or this is kind of weird. But that's what a good friend of mine said. Sometimes he moves the chess piece. Sometimes he moves the chessboard. And since I'm filled with joy and I'm praying all the time, I'm okay with God, do what you want. Put me where you want me so that your will can be accomplished and your presence can be known that's with me to be with those around me. So even when you lose a loved one, you lose a job, you, you may move to another state, you get the whole chessboards moved and now you're in a whole new reality. You can simply say, God, since I'm praying all the time, my relationship with you is such that I am okay with the new place on the board. And in fact, I will find new joy that we talked about last week as a foundation for my new normal. So when we pray, God can move the chess pieces. But when we pray all the time, God will move the chess board. I love this. There's an old Italian proverb a chess player wrote. It says, when, uh, when the game is over, the king and the pawn go back into the same box. And I love that. And that's, that's us. We, when, when time is up and, G, and, God, and Christ comes back for us, we go into the same eternity together. But in the meantime, there's lots of people that don't know that they can be a part of that chessboard and God wants them there. So let's, we need to get out there and tell people about it. Um, you know, I've heard somebody say once, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. So think about it. Maybe on one of these go trips, and we're going to kind of come into this right now, about what about your part in it? You either, you either go or you help send. But maybe the comfort zone needs to be surpassed or the chessboard needs to be moved. And when you're praying all the time and you're saying with God, they say, yeah, I'm with you, so let's go over there and be with them in one of these places. So thirdly, the world. God calls all of us to be on mission with him daily, and sometimes that calling might mean going on a go trip. So what is this again? God, Father, thank you that you are always with us and will never leave us. Amen. So we'll put up here the website for our go trips. Uh, you can go there right now. And I won't feel it rude if you're looking at your phone. Just don't play Candy Crush or something else. 
But if you want to go to that website right now on your phone, do that. Get it marked in there. Send yourself that, that address or whatever it is. And uh, consider it. That's all I'm asking today. As we pray all the time, seek God's will, and we're, we're healed and restored, and our community is healed and restored with justice and God's presence, and He's with us. What about it? Let's go. Let's participate. So go to that website. All the information, our informational meetings, the, uh, the, the uh, application is there, all the places we're going, what it costs, all that kind of stuff is all right there. So feel free to check that out. To pray all the time gives, God, gives us God's heart for the lost we need a heart transplant, y'all. I need to get rid of my heart of stone so that he can give me a heart of flesh. So it gives us his heart for those far from him. He did, after all, come to seek and to save the lost. That's what we are about. And once you said yes to Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you joined him on that mission. We are a part of it, and we get to do that together with him. So real quickly, kind of the lifestyle of this. Back in September, I got a hold of all of our missionaries, about 25 missionaries that we all support. And through Unstoppable Good and Unstoppable Global Good, we support them to maintain them to be on the field where they're working. So I send them a thing. Do you want, to cut? Do you want us to come? Yeah, we got about seven or eight trips next year. All at their invitation to go to be with them, to participate in reaching out to the people around them so that they too can get on board with what's going on. You know, really, it's, it's a, we're, we're, we go into new cultures. We experience some other culture. Most of you here have probably traveled, whether it was a vacation or whatever, but... Um, when you go on a trip like this, you really get into the nitty-gritty of the culture with the missionaries that are there. And it, you learn about your own culture by being in someone else's culture. And more importantly, we learn about the kingdom culture. And I think that's what Paul's doing. He's, he's translating the kingdom culture in a dynamic equivalent way to the Thessalonians to say, be joyful, be prayerful, and thankful, because this is what God wants you to do. This is your ammo, your operating system, your modus operandi. This is how you should live. And by the way, I've given you my Holy Spirit uh, to do it. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. So Paul helps us to know and understand better um, how we get to live that new way. So I want to I uh, kind of bring this home by telling you one story. All, all the nuts and bolts are there. You can go find those things. And if you have any questions, let us know. But ways that you can engage and get involved and see what we're up to, go, go check that out. And let's figure that out together. But we went to Italy a couple months ago. And what we, I tell you, we plan and we prepare and we buy stuff for VBS and all kinds of things. So our, our, one of our mottos, though, is plan ahead and be flexible, which just has some, some flexibility. And I love it. I'm, I've been on dozens of short-term mission trips, and we lived in, in South America for 11 years as missionaries. And every time we go, there's a curveball. There's something we didn't necessarily plan for or think was going to happen. And, and it's like, well, because I'm joyful, prayerful, and thankful, that's okay. I don't look at God and say, well, couldn't you have told us that, you know, when we were, when we were planning for this? But I just love that because it keeps us on our toes and it reminds us it's not my mission, it's his. And I'm just, I'm just along, you know, doing what I, what I can do to be a part of it. So here we are. We get to Rome and uh, our missionaries that are there, Heather and Andrea Gentile, they're on the website. You can go read about them there. Uh, we're, we're, they, they had another couple joining the mission there named Claudio and Claudia. She's a Chilean, he's Italian, Claudio, and we met them for the first time. We, we got there Friday, we were all exhausted, you know, we slept Saturday, we went to the park and played games with people in the park and invited them to church. And then, then on Sunday, we met these guys, so Claudia and then Claudio, and that's Teresa, she was on our team. And so Sunday, we, you know, we got to know them, we took the missionaries out to lunch, just loved on them. We went back to, to Heather and Andrea's house and just had some time of prayer, encouragement, and uh, before Claudio and Claudia left, um, 
I said to them, hey, we're going to Rome on Thursday, because part of our cultural experience is to, to go to Rome and just to see wherever we go on earth, we, we enjoy what's going on around there. I said, to, I said to Claudia, I said, hey, would you guys be interested in meeting us? This is Sunday, meeting us on Thursday in Rome and just, you know, because, you know, we just kind of feel an affinity with you guys. And she said, yeah, you know, that'd be kind of cool. I'll let you know. So they left Sunday afternoon. That evening, uh, she got a hold of us and said, yeah, I talked to Claudio. And yeah, we would love to meet you in Rome. So uh, great week, you know, with our missionaries. Come Thursday, we get on the train, we go into Rome, and we meet these guys for lunch. And while we're eating lunch, Claudia starts tearing up. She's sitting right across the table. Our whole team's there, kind of spread out at the table. She starts tearing up, and I said, Claudia, what's the matter? And she said, I really wish you guys could come to our house on Saturday. And we were leaving on Sunday. Uh, so I kind of quizzically said, what, what for? She said, well, we, were, we, we just moved there. They just became a part of this team. They'd been on a, on a mission in another place. They had just moved to the area. And they were experiencing some severe spiritual warfare, just some oppression, just really feeling like they were kind of, kind of stuck in the mud and they couldn't get anywhere. So they said, man, we, we've loved being with you guys and would love if you could come and bless us, pray with us, pray, pray for us, pray over us. And with, with tears in her eyes, she said, please come. Now, again, like I said earlier, we didn't plan that. You know, we, knew, we knew we were going to meet them. But we just thought, you know, this, this is, here comes that curveball. Let's swing at it. So we said, all right, we'll, we'll figure it out. So we got, I rented a car, and we, uh, Andrea's car, and we got all of us out there that Saturday. Had just, just a beautiful time with them praying. And uh, we, we gave them this bookmark. It says, who I am in Christ. This is a reminder for them. I'm accepted. I'm secure. I'm significant. Reminded them who they are in Christ and that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So we prayed with them, for them, over them. We worshiped together. We had lunch together and just enjoyed the company of, of the fellowship of the saints there. I found out Claudio is a, is a road biker like myself. I like to go out and ride, and uh, we were talking about his bike and all, and it was just a really cool, it was a cool opportunity. When we left, y'all, they were crying at the gate. In our two cars, we pulled out, and they just said, I wish you didn't have to go. And then we, we pulled away from there, went home, you know, got our stuff, our bags together, and then we left on su- uh, Sunday morning. But I, lo- I loved the fact that we were able to go out there, edify them, remind them of their identity in Christ Jesus, and then ask for the, the Holy Spirit who is alive in them to, to protect them and to help them advance with the gospel. So uh, just a little bit ago, Claudio sent me a video, just a minute and a half or so, uh, talking about this thing. So I want you to watch the screen, and let's hear from our Italian friend Claudio. Hi Tom, um, greetings from Italy. Today I run with uh, my bicycle. This is the the shirt that I put on, and uh, I think with myself where I can go today. So uh, I remembered uh, that I know uh, a guy in Valetri. And uh, he said me that he speaks English. So, uh, okay. In this moment, I, uh, I had the idea to take uh, these flyers with me, the flyers that we put, uh, we gift us, and um, I presented to him to show uh, uh, the real Jesus, not the Jesus that uh, the Italians have the per- perceptions of the idea, a wrong idea, an authoritarian uh, God, uh, 
very far God. Um, so they don't know Jesus and they think that God and Jesus are a bad thing. So um, this is this is it. It's only to uh, I am I'm very happy to stay with you guys in my bicycle today, uh, knowing that in my pocket when I go uh, up in the bicycle, there is this put in this way. It's uh, like you stay with me. Okay. Greetings from Italy. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao. Love that. And it's a reminder that you stay with me. You know, and, and by the way, uh, if you're any bikers out there, this is our jersey for next year, 2024. Let me know. Information on the website. And it just so happens that I have my, my you know, my with card here too. And I keep that in my pocket. And it, but yeah, by the way, I'm in it for good. So uh, let me know. If you're a pedal biker, we have sport, our sports ministry includes that too. So, but I, I love what he said. You know, we're, we're still with him because we're with Christ. We're with each other. And we're reminded of who we are because of what Jesus has done for us. Our theme verse for all of our trips is from Luke 13, 29. People will come from east and west and north and south and take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. That's it. So we go so that Italians or Brazilians or Kenyans can know they have a place at that feast. And Jesus is inviting them. And he wants them there to participate in the feast in his kingdom at his invitation. I just show up and incarnate him. I show up as the dynamic equivalent of him wherever it is. And by the way, that can, it should happen at Wawa and it should happen at Walmart. We're never not on mission together. So we will go from east and west and north and south to work together with our mission and ministry partners to encourage them in their work and celebrate together what God is doing through them. We will work alongside of our partners to invite the lost to the feast and make sure they know there is a place at the table for them when they say yes to Jesus' invitation. So speaking of a feast, a little foretaste this week, right? You all are probably planning your feast already. You're figuring it out. And you're going to go somewhere or you're going to have it at your own place. The problem when you go somewhere else is you, don't, you typically get all those good leftovers. So, but I want this feast to be reminiscent, perhaps, of this feast that Jesus is inviting people to. So ways, then, that you can invite him around the table. Because one day we're waiting because we have an invitation to his. We're, we say, hey, Jesus, come and be at our table this, this Thanksgiving. So in light of praying all the time, here's a few takeaways for us for this Thanksgiving week around the table. Even if you're going to be a guest somewhere, and I don't know, you know the situation. But maybe ask if you can do some of these things. For example, just take a minute of silence. And ponder God's provision. Just, hey, you can set your watch so people don't have to wonder, has it been a minute? Set it so the alarm will go off. And then just take, a, take the quiet time to, to, to listen and, and ponder what I'm thankful for. Take a minute of thanksgiving by going around the, the table. You probably do these things. And say a word or a sentence of thanks. These are things that I'm thankful for. Take a minute and read Psalm 100 slowly. It's just not that many verses. You can read it quickly in 15 seconds probably or 20. But read Psalm 100 around the table and just kind of let it sink in. So read it on the way home so you can see, you know, is it going to be the right thing to do at your table or at your, your host's table this week. Print this bookmark. So by the way, at that, at that website that was there for the Go Trips, this is there, front and back. 
And it, we used to do this when our kids were little. We'd go around the table, like, and like we did in their house, as a reminder of all these. We, we literally read around, one person read one, then the next person we went around. And we, went, oh, we went around like five times. We read all the way through there. And might talk about encouraging, because it reminds me of who I am, who is with me, that, so that we could be with each other. So print this off. It's right there. And uh, use it this week, this week at, at the table. And then maybe perhaps in, 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 a, in probably one of the most robust ways, get a bunch of Sharpies out. When you come to your table, tell everybody, hey, slide your chairs out. And for those that are able, get out on your back and slide underneath there. And what's the word they're going to write? With. Just write that word there. You'll know it's there. You'll know why it's there. You know who is there with you because Emmanuel, God, is with us and we are with each other. That's the Bible in a word and that is a prayer, all the word. We are going to what? Stand with me if you will. Teresa of Avila, one of the ladies that I, I, we read from earlier, the 16th century Carmelite nun, said, you know, uh, prayer is nothing more than being on absolute terms of friendship with God. This is a prayer that she wrote. Just listen as I read it. This is for her. She wrote it in the first person. But might this be true, frankly, of us this, this season and this time and in our lives? She says, Grant that in all things, great and small, today and all the days of my life, I may do whatever you require of me. Help me respond to the slightest prompting of your grace so that I may be your trustworthy instrument for your honor. May your will be done in time and in eternity by me, in me, and through me. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise God.